0: Log talk radio. the <laughs> Hey, welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Jim Ventura. Thank you for joining me today. Happy Thursday, everyone. If it's your first time tuning into Snake Oil Radio, uh, my name is Jim Ventura. I am a professional uh, navigational consultant. That means my expertise is as an astrologer and numerologist and. um, Tarot card reader, Runestones, animal cards, a number of different types of oracles that I work with with clients, personal sessions that I do here in my home office in Phoenix as well as by phone. Interested in any personal sessions, uh, email me at uh, VenturaSage at yahoo.com or go check out my website at JimVentura.com for information on uh, setting up a, a personal session with me. Uh, got a special also, by the way, still running to the end of the month, $25 off for new clients for uh their first session. So that is a big discount and uh we got that till the end of August uh, I'm going to do so anyway if you're interested check all that out. I'm also an author and a blog columnist. In fact this is our uh first of the month or well actually technically it's not the first, it's the eighth, but or seventh is to uh, the seventh. I have to think about that for a second. No, I think it's the eighth. Okay. Um anyway, so this is our uh, our, our live column read show. So I'm going to read my uh, snake oil column uh, live on air, and then I'm going to talk a bit about that in some detail. Uh, I notice um, there's a couple different formats to each show, and um, I'll tell you about a little more about that in a minute. But I see a couple people already waiting for call-ins, um, and I love my call-ins, and I love answering and doing the mini-reads on air, but I tend to not do that for the column read shows just because the amount of time that we have doesn't usually allow for it. If I do get to the phone lines, it won't be till the last five or ten minutes of the show, so I'd probably only get one or two calls in at best if I even get to it, guys. So my apologies uh, for that. Uh, just column read shows take a lot more time when we want to stay on topic for the show. I always call in for the uh, astrology shows. Um, those I always take the phone lines much earlier as well as in almost any other show I do as well, so hang with me, may be able to do it at the end, probably not, Uh, we'll have to see how that goes, okay, so uh, appreciate the patience with all that, but uh, yeah, uh, people who listen to the show, uh, for these shows, they they really want to talk about the subject, uh, as opposed to the mini-reads, so anyway, it makes my Libra moon uncomfortable, I always want to appeal appease everyone Uh, (laughs) so, uh, but I, I just can't do that with the context of the show, so anyway, we'll see what happens Anyway, uh, if you're not already getting the column, absolutely email me as well. It's a monthly column that goes out, Venturesage at yahoo.com, and that's uh, emailed out blind copy, so no one's ever going to get your email address, and it is just a once-a-month column, and it is free. So anyway, today, let me start off by, uh, again, welcoming everyone to the show. If it's your first time tuning in to Snake Oil Radio or you're a repeat offender, so to speak, Welcome back. Um, I'm going to read my column, and then we're going to talk a bit about this today. A lot of information in this, uh, and a lot of stuff I want to talk about connected with it that I think will be really helpful to uh, quite a few people also. So this is kind of a, actually, the interesting part is this column was actually written back in 2008. Um, all summer long, I have actually been running repeat columns, um, uh, new material actually uh, will come uh, this fall this september i 've got uh, a couple of columns in the work so i 've got new material coming out. I decided to devote my time to a few different things this summer, so I ran some repeats which a lot of people never heard anyway or read so uh, worked out beneficially so this column was actually re- originally ran in the January two thousand nine snake oil newsletter and uh, it 's called safety dance when I put pen to paper to write this column. I was listening to a radio station that was playing an 80s songs. Safety Dance, a song by a bizarre group called Men Without Hats, was playing. I temporarily stopped writing and marveled at the cosmic timing. I began thinking about where I was in my life when this song was popular. It was the mid-80s, and back then the world seemed to be a much safer place than it is today. We were not in a war, and our economy was not as shaky as it is today. In my mind, I kept seeing images of the bizarre video made for this song, the crazy costumes, weird lyrics, and dancing little people made me smile. Still, I thought about how unsafe I felt during that time in history. As bad as things are today with America going through turmoil and needing a complete restructure, I had far more personal fear 20-something years ago. In the early 80s, I felt unsure of my place in this world. Would I find the right career? Would I find a partner? Would I be successful? Did I have any real talent? I also had an added fear that plagued me. I was fearful about coming to terms with my sexuality. This was long, a long time before things like Will and Grace and Ellen. It was scary back then to risk rejection from friends and family if I admitted that I wasn't straight. Fortunately, I'd already begun to study metaphysics and philosophy, so I was open to more positive perspectives. I'd already started letting go of the false religious imprinting that made me believe I was a sinful person. Still, I had some aspects of Catholic guilt and martyrdom, which is a fear of being victimized, that were hanging around. Even more scary than accepting my sexuality was coming out about my metaphysical studies. I was beginning to sense that my developing intuitive skills and use of astrology, numerology, and tarot were going to take me somewhere. I knew that I was meant to use these talents in the world, but it scared the shit out of me to think what people might say if they knew about my weird interests. I knew I was very different in many ways from normal people, and this made me nervous and fearful about being rejected. I began looking at the idea of feeling safe in an unsafe world. I also knew I would have to grasp the notion that safety was actually an inside job. The idea of feeling safe started when I began to read books by Jane Roberts. Jane spoke for a non-physical entity who called himself Seth. The Seth material is one of the most brilliant channeled metaphysical writings on record. Jane Roberts shared my Catholic upbringing and her fear that she was sinful. Yet when she channeled Seth, he said that we could live in a safe universe. The idea excited me. If indeed my thoughts and beliefs created my reality, the main message of the Seth material, then I should be able to create a world around me that was safe, even though the current evidence seemed contrary to the idea. I decided to embrace the idea of creating a life of peace and protection. I wanted to believe that I was lovable, valuable, and that the world would be safe for me. I began to focus on a new belief that I had nothing to protect myself from. My work with oracles and looking at other cultural perspectives was a very beneficial part of my road to developing confidence and a sense of security. When I bought a deck of Druid animal cards in my late 20s, I encountered another perspective around the idea of protection. According to Druid traditions, pagan culture, they believe that when you were born, you were protected and loved by the goddess. Unlike most Christian teachings, Druids did not believe in original sin, the Adam and Eve stuff. They believed that the soul and body were not tainted at birth. Druids saw the cow as a gift to us and a representation of the love and protection of the goddess. Her milk and its nourishing power were a reminder. of how the goddess takes care of each and every one of us. If you think about what cows represent, everything about them is useful, with the potential to truly nourish us. The Druids took this idea even further. They believed that if you even sat in the spot from which a cow just moved, You would be protected from all harmful spells and anyone who might want to hurt you. I began to meditate on the protection of cow in my life and began feeling safer. As I began to feel safer inside, my outer world became more harmonious and less scary. About six years ago, I had a major car accident. It happened a few months after a very painful relationship ended. For months after the accident, I would get somewhat phobic each time I got into my car to drive. It was especially difficult when I drove on the 101 freeway in Scottsdale where the accident occurred. A few months after my accident, I was in a bookstore that had an open deck of angel cards for customers to look at. I pulled one of the Dorian Virtue's angel cards and received a message from an angel named Zana. The card said, You are protected from all types of harm. The worst is now behind you. I asked that you relax and feel safe. The card went into further detail and mentioned that angels were even protecting my vehicles. It took effort not to cry when I purchased my first deck of angel cards. I held back happy tears. One of the good things I was taught in Catholic school was that we all have guardian angels who watch over us and protect us. While I have no plans to go back to Catholicism, I could see that this angel stuff was really of value. I had resistance to getting into the angel concept and angel cards because of the screwed-up religious teachings I had encountered in the past. I lumped all religious things into one basket and lost sight of the good things that were part of my religious experiences. I began to see that a belief in angels was not about religion. It's a way to tap into another dimension of support that really does exist. The angel cards have since been a major component in my sense of safety and the experience of miracles from me and many of my clients. I believe that we are supported by things we simply cannot physically see. Along the way, I used practical, tangible tools to help me develop a sense of safety. This started even earlier than my metaphysical studies. When I was 16, I bought a set of weights and began to work out religiously. When I turned 18, I joined a gym and stepped up my workouts even more. I even learned how to do some boxing a few years ago. For me, the process of creating a solid, muscular body has been tremendously influential in feeling safe in this world. A person who is looking to victimize another person in any way is far less likely to do this with someone who looks physically strong. The last time I had to defend myself from any type of physical threat was nearly 30 years ago. Therefore, this must be working. It's more than my physical strength and solid body that keeps me protected. It's the knowledge that I unconsciously broadcast that I can easily defend myself. There's no question that the world is a bit darker these days, and many people feel unsafe. This decade has really brought fear into more prominence for everyone. However, it's this same fear that will be responsible for making it more clear about what fear really is and how we allow ourselves to be manipulated by it. Perhaps the extreme corruption that is so blatantly part of our economic and political systems and the extreme Christian right's attempts to bring us back into the good old days of the 1950s will turn out to be beneficial. Maybe all this darkness is being exposed so we can finally reject this crap once and for all and create a more harmonious world. Over 14 years ago, I gave up fear around being judged about my sexuality. Today, I feel completely safe about expressing this part of myself, and I couldn't give a damn if someone disapproves of that. My spiritual interests or anything that I do. The narrow, morally bigoted opinions that still exist no longer influence me. I've grown more comfortable about talking and writing about metaphysical studies. Feeling safe is an inside job. When we shift our focus to feeling safe as opposed to being afraid, we create safety for ourselves. It's up to us to create this. No one can do it for us. The idea that I'll be happy and safe when I finally marry, or I'll feel safe when I have medical insurance, Well, I'll be safe when I have $100,000 a year coming to me, etc. or all attempts to use outer structures to promote internal safety. These things may work for a while, but inevitably aren't strong enough to create a permanent sense of safety. We use our beliefs to create structures and experiences. If we're willing to recognize this, we begin to realize the true power that we've always had to consciously create the life we choose to live. Believing in things such as angel cards and angels is just one of many ways to tap into a part of ourselves that trusts in unseen guidance and support the trick is to be willing to change the fearful beliefs we often cling to so tenaciously knowing that our beliefs always form a reality why would any enlightened person choose to believe that the world is unsafe i'm far stronger now and more confident than i was before i began to study metaphysics and philosophy The wise teachings of many other cultures have contributed to this sense of safety. I've added another form of safety into my life. On the rare occasion, I start to worry about the future or feel unsafe in any area. I mentally play the safety dance song in my head. I'm still not sure what the hell the safety dance actually is, but it doesn't matter. This makes me laugh and inevitably smile and forget what was causing me to feel anxious and unsafe. The power of humor to puncture some of the ridiculous structures and fears we hold on to is a vehicle power anyone can tap into. When I was younger, I would have an occasional panic attacks. Now in my mid-40s, they're almost non-existent. There's nothing to panic about. It doesn't matter what's happened in the outside world. I'll be more than okay. All this internal and external safety work has paid off recognize that no matter what is going on around us, we are safe and protected. The only thing that can truly block this is to buy into the negative fears that exist in the world and to let them become part of your personal reality. Okay, so that was my passage and uh, thank you for listening to that. You know, I included in my newsletter um, a piece that I read at that time from Jane Roberts that was channeled by Seth called Safe Universe. Um, You know, definitely You know, if you subscribe to the column, you know, it is on Google. um, You know, read that passage. It is awesome, guys. I I may have time to read it today. I don't know on air. um, I realize how long it takes when I read a column. Uh, So reading this as well. But it's called Safe Universe by Seth, and you can click on that. If you go to any of my, you know, go to Google directly to Snake Oil or go to Facebook, click on my business page or friend request me and you'll see the posts or better yet subscribe to the column guys and that way you get to read this stuff when it comes out okay so much to talk about here so let us commence talking about this Uh, you know I really felt a strong pull to write this column I still have to laugh at the um, safety dance song I I found this online and I played a part of it when I intro the show and uh, it still makes me laugh when I watch it. I can't believe it was uh, – I mean, God, that's going on uh, almost 30 years ago that that was made uh, when I was uh, two years old. Lie. Uh, <laughs> so uh, anyway, uh still makes me laugh. It's just interesting because I'm not really sure what they were doing. It probably had some political meaning as well, too. But it's one of the things that really clicks in my brain is I think – and I've talked about this in other shows – as we make this shift from the Piscean Age to the Aquarian Age, which is what we're doing and in the process of experiencing, uh, we change ages approximately every 2,000 years. Um, the Aquarian energy is very, very different, and I think um, that then, then the priority focuses of the Piscean time, not that ones better than another, just, just different focuses. So what we see, and that's noticeably becoming more prominent, of course, is things connected with Aquarian energy. Aquarius is about brotherhood, friendliness, social relationships, group associations, eccentricity, uniqueness, intelligence, smarts. Um, You know, the Piscean energy was more about uh, selflessness and sacrifice, and uh, we had strong Christian themes um, because it corresponds to Christ energy. You know, none of that by any means is gone. The Aquarian energy, though, is a big shift in consciousness for the planet and you could see a lot of these things reflected personally as well as in the world. You know, I know, I see a lot of this. A lot of Christian people feel like they're being attacked um, by, cause, you know, we have a rise in atheism and people who are just following spirituality outside of structured religion. So uh, I think a lot of that's karmic. I don't know if they're being attacked, but when you're kind of attacking others, and there's such a thing as karma and uh, coming back at you in that sense. Um, But uh, I've been, you know, there are awesome Christian people out there who are very spiritual as well, too. Just have had some real negative stuff for a while as well with the judgment. And uh, so this shift into Aquarian energy really brings up this idea of eccentricity and friendliness and uniqueness and oddness. You have the growth of the Internet. And so where you can have a friend that's in China, you know what I mean? There's a way to connect to people in a very very different kind of a way in this day and age that is really changing. So, one of the things that that's interesting to observe is even with the with the gay lesbian movement for equaling equal marriage and things of that nature. The reason I think it's growing so rapidly in acceptance so quickly is because again, this aquarian energy kind of pushing its way in. I think the reality is most people have a gay lesbian friend, brother, brother-in-law, sister, sister sister-in-law, friend that they work with. You know, the more out people become, the more, you know, you're not so afraid of it. You understand that it's just, you know, like anything else just slightly different. Um, But the other part of it is, and here's what I think. I think that for metaphysical people and and just a lot of other people, they actually identify with gay, lesbian people, not because bisexual, transgender, throw all that in there, Um, not because they necessarily are. You know, the same amount of people are heterosexual or homosexual, you know, historically, anyway. Um, The thing is, the identification part comes. I think we all feel like we're weird, and we're odd, and we're different somehow. You know, very few people grow up being normal, so to speak, according to what society's rules and regulations are. I mean, really, think about it. I mean, you know, you're, you're black and you grow up in an all-white neighborhood, you feel odd. You're short and you grow up, you're shorter than everyone else in your family. People around you, you feel odd. You're a spiritual human being. Amongst people that are very religious, you feel odd. You know what I mean? Your hair color's red. You, you know, we, we all, are more and more, I think, more people are beginning to identify at the idea that maybe at heart we're all kind of weirdos in that sense, and so, you know, that helps people to align somewhat to gay, lesbian, transgender, bisexual people in that sense um, because there's sort of that camaraderie. It may have nothing to do with sexual orientation, but you sort of, you don't feel like the rest of the group. You're more aligned with the people that are odd like you, but in a different way. So I think that's a big part of why this is growing so rapidly as well, and and even when I wrote this um, at the time, You know, the thing was, I had a lot of fear when I was younger about dealing with my sexuality. Of course, I was raised very Catholic. Um, I actually didn't really come out on my sexual orientation until probably, you know, almost 30. Uh, So it took a little while for me to do that. Um, But when I did, it's funny because I'm very curious for this. Once I come to terms with something, like I'm done with it. You know, that's what's funny now is I don't even. I mean, I I could absolutely never in my wildest dreams would it would it bother me in any way that some uh, racist, homophobic person in a uh, middle town America didn't like me. I mean, I think I'd be more offended if they did like me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't care. I mean, go away, get lost. I'm not interested. You know what I mean? Well, well, I don't. I don't. I don't everyone doesn't need to love me. I mean, give me a break. That's a ludicrous. It's amazing I've ever thought that way. But uh you know, the funny part is I would say the sexual orientation issue was actually even less prominent for me than the metaphysical stuff. Because when I was studying this, I know a lot of my listeners who are metaphysical in one range or another are gonna identify with this too. You know, especially if you're you know, you're over forty, you know that while this stuff has quote unquote always been around, you know, back in the day when bookstores still actually existed, which is a sad loss to me <laughs> the uh you know if you went to buy a metaphysical book or something, you had to go to the occult section. you know I was joking like we were afraid someone was going to throw freaking holy water on you or something when you were there. you know what i mean this was not this stuff is all over the place now, so that was another thing i mean I remember uh, I was studying this stuff very, very young, and my friends were partying and drinking and and I was trying to do that from time to time too, but you know, I had a very different view of the world earlier on that made me feel even more like an oddball and a weirdo. You know, I know a lot of people, even now, I've got clients that will come to see me, and they're kind of in the closet about a lot of their metaphysical beliefs and philosophies. They're afraid of religious family members or people not approving of them, um, you know, as well. Uh, I'm very lucky. I just don't have any of that. Uh In both areas. I mean, it really is washed clean in that way for me. I don't, you know, it doesn't matter to me what what somebody necessarily thinks. And I always think the same thing. It's the whole idea of, you know, the old uh, Shakespearean expression, uh, we think the lady doth protest too much. I think the people that are most antagonistic about one's spirituality or one's sexuality or anything else for that matter have some weird repressed stuff inside of themselves that they're mad at you because you're expressing some part of them at some level that they've buried or, oh, God, you know what I mean? So (laughs) I think I would remind my clients of that, too. Again, you know what what people hate the most adamantly about is some aspect of themselves at some level that they're so painfully uh, pissed off about. In that sense, otherwise you don't care. You know, really, a, a true atheist is not going to give a crap about you know whether someone's spiritual or religious or anything. They're just an atheist. That's their thing. A true gay or lesbian bisexual person is not going to care about what someone else's sexual orientation is just as another straight person wouldn't. Why would it matter to you? It's pretty much irrelevant Is somebody cool or they they're not cool. I've always felt that way across the board in everything, and when it comes to religious influences, racial influences, you know, age issues. I just, I just never got where all of that came from uh, for people. But, uh, but I, I did. I had my, had my issues in, in, in my 20s. Again, it was a very, very, very different time. Uh, you know, shows like Will and Grace and stuff like that really have changed uh the way we, we look at these type of things in a really, really profound kind of a way. So um I think that's uh that's that's pretty cool. So um okay, I want to continue talking about this subject um and I think I might even have time to read the Safe Universe passage. Uh but I'm gonna actually you know, I had one really perseverant caller here uh had a few others. They all hung up. So I'm thinking I'm going to take one call. I'm going to take this call for just about three, four minutes, and I'm going to go back to the subject because I really appreciate the patience of this person. Hey, <laughs> uh, um, okay, let me get on air here. Oops. I'm trying to make the connect, and there's something wrong with the lines. They're not letting me get to this. Let's try this again. Uh, not letting me do it. Not letting me do it. Sorry. I'm. <laughs> I apologies. I was trying to get take this phone call and it absolutely won't let me do it. There's something wrong with the, uh, with the, uh, with the system, unfortunately. So, yeah, it won't, it won't connect. Okay, I'll try again a little bit later on. My, my apologies. Uh, I'm gonna take this call from 847, but I can't seem to let it. It will not do anything. It just keeps trying to make the connect and won't do it. do 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 do. God must be striking me, striking me down from my evil. I'm kidding. Okay, back to subject. I'll try that again a little later if I can get that to fix. Now it's it's like stuck too. It was uh, you, you ever get on the computer and like it, it's caught and it does that little colorful little whirly wheel thing where it's trying to do something but it it's taking its time to do it That's, that's what I got going on over here. So I can't even stop it. Like I mean, there's nothing I I can do with that. That's ridiculous. Okay. Uh, anyway, back to subject, and we'll stick with this. But, you know, the thing is that was really, really powerful for me is I read this piece called A Safe Universe. I think I'm going to read this because it's not a long piece, um, and uh, I just I think it's awesome. I'd love you guys to hear this. Um, it's just so powerful. Um, it's, a, it's a brief portion of this by Jane Roberts channeling Seth that I read. I read this when I was probably like 19 years old, hugely life-changing. So this is a quote from Seth. He says, Each of you, to some extent or another, believe that the universe is not safe, and therefore you must set up defenses against it. The official one-line consciousness with which you are familiar says the world is not safe. I cannot trust it, nor can I trust the conditions of experience or the conditions of my own existence, nor can I trust myself. I can look at a squirrel and rejoice, but I cannot look at myself and rejoice, for I am filled with inequity, and I am to some extent evil. Seth spoke with such rich irony here, looking from one person to another in the room. I'm not only evil as myself, but I come from a tainted and flawed race. My mother and father were flawed before me, and I send these tragic flaws into the future. Therefore, I must set up my defenses in whatever way I find, whatever way I can to protect myself in a universe that I cannot trust, and from a self that is evil and flawed." Now, as long as you hold on to these beliefs, then you must indeed set up defenses. As long as you believe that you dwell in a universe that is a threat, you must defend yourself against it. As long as you believe that the self is flawed and that the race is doomed in evil, you must defend yourself against yourself. And how can you trust the voice of your psyche? When I say to you, be spontaneous, how dare you take that step? To be spontaneous would obviously give rise to all the lust, passion, murder, and hatred That to you is inherent in the human heart. So I say, so you say, I try to be spontaneous, but how can I? I try to believe that I'm good, but how can I be good when I come from a race that is evil? You try to say the universe is safe, and then you watch the television news or read the newspaper, and you say, what lie is this? How can the universe be safe when I read about wholesale murder, war, trickery, and greed? How can I be myself, for if I am myself, will I not unleash into the world only more of the horror that I see around me? For surely human nature cannot change, and the human nature is evil. Look already what evil it has worked upon the planet, then tell me, Seth, be spontaneous. What do you ask of me, and how can I stand upon the authority of the psyche, or tell myself I am good? My last book, The Nature of Personal Reality, is a good book. It's a helpful book, and it is far more trickier than you realize. It will lead you automatically, if you use it, out of the official line of consciousness. You'll begin to question not only your own private beliefs for your own purposes but the nature of beliefs and you'll be led to discover other strands of consciousness the one-line stage of consciousness was necessary but it contained within it its own impetus for development it set up challenges that could only be solved at that stage and that would automatically lead you to other kinds of awareness only when you sense these can old contradictions make sense you need not say the universe is safe for your present level that will not only enrage you say instead that I live in a safe universe and so you shall those defenses you've set up will crumble for they will not be needed one of Seth's students asked about his discomfort with the woman he is dating because she does not know of Seth's ideas Seth responds now there are people who are quite involved with my ideas who do not know my name these people are quite content with their lot and they do not know my name they know themselves. They are aware of the vitality of their beings, and they do not need me to tell them they are, that they are important. The flowers and cats and trees don't need me to tell them they are important either. And there are many people who do not need me for the same reason. These people recognize the vitality of their existence. They ignore the belief systems of their times. They are ancient children. They may not read philosophy, but they listen to the wind. They watch the behavior of the seasons. If you were satisfied with the nature of your existence, you would not be here. Those who are satisfied do not need my voice. They find sufficient reinforcement from the dawn and the twilight. They may build dishes or work in fields or factories. They do not need to listen to, to my voice because they listen to the voice of the oak trees and the birds, and the voices of their own beings. I am a poor imitation of the voices of your own psyches, which you do not listen. I will be unneeded, and gladly so when you realize that the vitality and reinforcement and joy are your own and rise from the fountain of your own beings. When you realize that you do not need me for protection, for there's nothing you need to protect yourself against. From Psychic Politics by Jane Roberts. Uh, You know, I read that, and I, I still get emotional to this day. It just was, I mean, it was like nothing I had encountered in my entire life when I read that. Everything you know i was raised with being taught that we were tainted at birth by the original sin from adam and eve that we were bad human beings that you know you were meant that sin was around every corner that you needed to you know to squash those parts of yourself um, wow so when i read this it just was like lightning bolt from the sky uh, incomprehensible to me and i wanted to share it so bad with people, but, you know, I knew at that stage and at that time people would not hear that from me, which is awesome that 30 years later, I I'm, I have a forum where I can actually get this information out to people through my own writing, through the work that I do with others, and uh, and and being able to share this, you know, as strong today as it was when it was written back in, I believe, the early 70s when she wrote this, amazing, that um, I only caught it 10, 12 years after it was written also, the books were already around, um, so, um, you know, I, I think that that's a really key thing to remember. We, uh, you know, we we are. You know, listen, guys, you're all you're all good at your core. Everyone really, really is. We just get misguided, and we, you know, all these things that that you know I talked about this piece and that Seth mentioned in the Safe Universe piece about all the terrible things in the world and all the crap and all the badness. Listen, the, the media is focused a lot on looking at the negative. You know, people do amazing things every day for each other to each other um this tremendous cooperation in nature and in life and but that doesn't make headline news. You know, we're a culture that really really is fascinated often by the crappier stuff uh in that sense. That's why you know I watch the news for maybe 10 minutes a day. And sometimes I click on the articles on Yahoo, which I like to think is a modern day newspaper. You look at the Yahoo Articles And uh, even what amazes me is you ever, like, go to the comments section and read what people write? I mean, <laughs> some of it is so horrible that I have to actually laugh, you know what I mean? Like, I can't believe the things that people say. I mean, it's so negative sometimes. You just have to just roll with it uh, in that sense. I think, I, I you know, I call them Internet trolls. They'll never have their picture up there. They've got some kind of fake handle name. You know, they're saying nasty things, and I'm always like uh, – just amazed uh, with with this behavior that <laughs> that people have sometimes in the way that they are. But I guess it's easy to do that when you're safe behind your computer and nobody can track you down. But uh, you know, I do encourage you know all my listeners. Listen, you know the you know as I said before, safety is an inside job. When you feel okay and you realize you absolutely are a perfect son or daughter of God of Spirit. Uh, all that is the Dao, whatever your terminology for that. You realize that all those talents, all those abilities, even those wounds that you carry, have purpose behind them. Um, and and you're awesome. You're meant to to do things with that uh, in the world. I mean, whether you do it in a large way or a small way, we have purpose in, in how we transform this world, and by being who we are and, and, and doing what we do. So I uh, you know I encourage everyone to get in touch with really really understanding who they are and and being willing to be who you are in that sense regardless of the repercussions you know uh we live in a practical world you know i mean you know carrying a gay rainbow flag into a a redneck bar in mississippi probably is not going to be in your best interest <laughs> but uh you know or 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 carrying uh you know some kind of metaphysical symbol into a uh, a hardcore um, born-again Christian Baptist church is probably not going to be your smartest move. So, you know, be who you are without necessarily being antagonistic, you know, and respectful of your surroundings. But ultimately, you know, we, we are meant to be a certain way, and I think, you know, what, what I'm talking about here, and again, what I got from that passage about the safe universe is, you know, we it really is ultimately an inside job when you really grasp that sense that when you feel safe, You will be safe, meaning it doesn't mean that you won't have difficulties or problems or things that you will encounter in your life and in the world. But you'll understand also that when you hold that belief in safety, when you hold that sense of comfort internally, then that also gives spirit that opportunity to help you, to guide you, to give you insight and information. You know, I had a, a great experience recently. Well, not a great experience. I had a difficult experience back in November of 2012. had a car issue. cost me a small fortune to fix it. And I was terrified about that because I didn't really have the money. And it was outlandish. I wasn't sure if I should do it. And, you know, I meditated. I prayed on it. And then a solution came that was mind-bogglingly beneficial in that it cost me a lot less. I mean, like a tenth of what I thought it was going to cost me to solve And then in addition, I got some great information about the car that it would last for another couple of years. And then even the other day I was laughing because I really solved the issue. I didn't have any real issues with fear around the car because I had it for a couple of months, a phobia around whether something else was going to happen with the car or would i be able to swing it or afford it. It's an older car and all the other crap that got caught up in my brain. And uh, I laughed because the other day, you know, there's so much more neutral about the subject. I was at a Jiffy Lube of sorts, and I was getting my oil change, and I was chit-chat with the dude who changes the oil in the car, and I told him about my issue with my car, and that I had a battery issue, and it was 2500 bucks for a Prius battery, and, and I was, you know, afraid that if it did go, I don't know if I would have money to get that, And but I was lucky, because I found some information about how dump, you know, dump yards keep them. You just contact them, you often could find one and get it for a couple hundred bucks, four or five hundred bucks, as opposed to paying for a new one which was amazing, but then this guy says to me, uh, well, he's like, yeah, I have a guy that's driving a 2002 Prius, and uh, he said his battery went about 20,000 miles ago. He's got 200-something miles on it. I said, wow, did you get rid of the car? He said, no, no, the car still drives. It just drives like a regular car. (laughs) And I'm laughing at myself because here I have this anxiety about this battery. No one ever told me that the car would still theoretically run. It just wouldn't be the hybrid. You wouldn't be able to use that part of it. I'm having a stroke for no reason. Um, he's like, yeah, the guy still gets about 38, 40 miles to the gallon. That would be, you know, now I I get like 47. So, I mean, unbelievable. It's just amazing to me how when we get so caught up in fear, we actually block solutions and insight that could come to us. So that's what's great about this idea about really developing that sense of safety internally. Because if you know that your spirit guides, your helpers, People are going to come along to guide you, to help you, to assist you through any difficulty or that it has a purpose to it, which you may not necessarily understand. We really are tapping into something, one, that's completely true, but ultimately we are. We're changing our view and how we experience reality. I've mentioned this before in other shows that I personally, you know, I have very little fear, you know, in general. Uh it's just really really not my thing. You know, I'm not I I can be in the worst area of town and I don't get nervous, I don't get fearful. Um I just, you know, and people will say, oh, you're a big guy, you're muscular, you're, you know, you got a shaved head, you're from New York." And yeah, all of that contributes. I am. I'm not. I know I could take care of myself if I needed to. But it's more than that. I just don't really see the value in being afraid of things um you know you'll deal with it when it comes and and you know and if it if it's if it's bad then you'll deal with it the badness after the fact as well too but i mean uh you know worrying about things is is really like kind of like a form of prayer the more we worry we're just almost drawing it to us in that sense so it just makes sense to think in a different way okay uh, you know i i i try, I'm still cannot make this connect to this call a you know thank you for for being patient about it. I do not know what is a matter with the system today. It will not make a connection to you, no matter what I do. I can't get out of it, either. I, I clicked on you, and it's just spinning around. and <laughs> still won't do anything. Call in for the next show. I won't be here next week. I will be here the week after. And when I see your number, I'm going to take you first. That's two weeks from today for the astrology show. I will take you first for your perseverance and patience for, for being on here. Uh okay we're we're almost out of time anyway. we've got a couple more minutes on the show, so let me kind of tie this all up so uh yeah my my safety dance piece yeah guys check out um check out any of Jane Roberts books they are all still available uh, seth speaks nature of personal reality uh the uh the uh the, the, she she's just got a ton of channel books and then her own books that are also amazing highly recommend those um read seth speaks first. And then read Nature of Personal Reality. And then there's a ton. If you really love the material, then continue further. Love this, this channel material. It is, like, exquisite. It is so good. And I've read a ton of channeled material, tons. I studied it obsessively in the 90s. But, uh, you know, you, you can live in safety. Absolutely. There is, uh, you know, this difficult, terrible stuff going on all around us. And I think, you know, people are always really talking about this in a way where they understandably get scared, but you don't have to. When you have that sense that angels protect you and guide you and, and inspire you and you your intuition is well-developed, you will. You'll actually become really good at fending off difficulty. And then when you have it, you'll get help. You'll get assistance. You'll be open to that at whatever level it comes, whether through spirit or tangibly from other people. Um, you know, a couple of years back, I had a little minor car accident, too, where I, my uh, I, a coyote, I was coming back from the casino one night, and a coyote, a big white coyote, just crossed the road in front of me and my car. I spun out of control because I wasn't going to hit it, and uh, my car went into a ditch and up against the fence, and oh, my God, it was horrifying. I mean, I have a little Prius, Uh guy I used to work for years ago was like, I would have just hit it. One, I'm not hitting a coyote, if I can avoid it. Two, it's a freaking Prius. It's not, I'm not driving a truck. would have destroyed the car even further. But, of course, more importantly, I'm not going to hit it. But with, what was interesting is it was a dead road. It was late at night. But lo and behold, there happened to be someone that was uh, coming along up behind me, saw the whole thing, and he came out and he helped me get the car out of the ditch. He saw if I was okay. Hispanic man. Awesome, awesome, awesome human being who helped me. And then... You know I was very nervous driving the car um back shaky um and he followed me to make sure that the car drove okay for a while and everything and then when i you know he knew I was clear and safe, he drove off and waved to me awesome, you know living angel uh hispanic man, in that sense uh just you know angel came to to help me to make sure I was okay you know uh so uh safe even in unsafety, you know, I think that's the thing. That is so key, you know I'm talking more about this subject in the future in future columns. I'm writing a piece about this in more detail uh that connects with insurance and other things structures that we have in society, so uh catch some future columns on this as I talk more about this subject this year. but it looks like we're down to our last minute or so here, so uh you guys, thank you for joining me today for our discussion. Uh, again, my apologies to my callers that I couldn't get to you guys today, especially eight four seven the most persevering human being on the planet. Uh, I will, uh, I will absolutely get to you next time. With that, I promise. I'm, I'm, I'm marking this down in my notes to take A47's uh, phone call first. So uh, we will do that. Um, if you're not already getting my monthly column, uh, go to uh, Sag, uh at yahoo.com if you want to email me, or go to uh, JimVentura.com to get information about. Uh, books, uh, classes, doing a couple of classes here in Phoenix, and I'm going to be doing web seminars in 2014. So get on the mailing list, guys. Go to Facebook. Click on my business page um, as well, too. Click and I Like so you get the updates. You'll be the first one to get to take advantage of specials. Whenever I have slow weeks, which doesn't happen too often, but does. Every once in a while I run really good specials. In fact, I just ran a half-price special for the last couple of days uh, on sessions. So once in a while I do that, you'll you'll get those if you're – uh, connected on facebook and you see those posts and if you're getting my column you'll also see the specials that come up on there as well too so uh, having a personal session is awesome check out my books uh dirty little secrets on amazon or through the website you can order one from me as well as snake oil volume one got a couple more books in the works as well okay looks like we're at the end of our show here thank you for joining me today Everybody uh, have an awesome day, and may you have a life of safety. Cheers. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?